2: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, k 5 ux Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome you have tuned in to episode number 348 of the most entertaining and terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, and you can take that to the bank. This is The Weekender. This is when we dive into hedonism and also talk about amateur radio contests, special events, open source events, distros to try, all sorts of things that might make your weekend and the next two weeks better for you. And if you want to mix a few of those things, like, you know, get on the air drunk and stuff like that, who's to say that you shouldn't do it? I mean, certainly not us. So... (laughs) (laughs) just don't be a lid but with that being said let's go ahead and jump into this weekend in amateur radio and the first thing we always talk about when it comes to amateur radio on the weekend is upcoming contests
0: apparently we're we're out again bill
3: yeah yeah he always forgets uh, that's, okay. that's a weekender he thinks he has the weekend off uh,
0: <laughs> hey,
1: i didn't i didn't announce me either you know
0: you don't usually. You just jump right in the middle of it.
1: <laughs> you know why I don't? You know what it's becoming? It's because because we do two of these back-to-back. I've already done it once, and then I'm like, oh, well, everybody we're knows who we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so fine, fine. <laughs> How about before we get to this weekend amateur radio and talk about those contests,
3: we introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm
0: Cheryl, W5MOO.
1: And
3: I'm Bill, NE4RD. And here we go, into contests. So, as always, we get these from contestcalendar.com, and we get the state QSO party challenge information confirmed up over on their website as well. So, this weekend, we have the big one, well, one of the big ones, CQ Worldwide WPX contest. It's the CW variety It runs from 0 Zulu May 30th to uh, 2359 Zulu May 31st. It runs 160 through 10, no work. It's a 48 hour contest. Single operator stations may operate 36 of the 48 hours. Off times must be a minimum of 60 minutes during which no QSO is logged. Multi operator stations may operate the full 48 hours. And what I found interesting on this one is I did not see where they've gotten rid of the multi operator section. So um, I don't know, Uh, it may or may not still be a thing, but it's definitely not in the rules right now. So they haven't put it in there. Um if someone has heard otherwise just send it in the chat room and we'll update later on. Uh the other contest for this weekend that I saw was there was a P as a PODXS, yeah, PODXS 070 club 3-day weekend contest. And this is running from uh, 0000 Zulu on May 29th to 2359 Zulu on May 31st. And the mode here is PSK31. So you can get your uh, your PSK work in there. War- uh, warble? Warble. Well, it's not That's ready. Yeah. It's more like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We're going to
1: have a segment now where Bill imitates digital
3: modes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Olivia. Anyway. <laughs> so now do you throb. Uh, I can't. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to Hell which is like Click 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 anyway. Um yeah. So this is, a uh, 160 through six meters, no work and no 60 meters. Uh, the PODXS, uh, 070 club is a free and open to all licensed amateur radio operators that enjoy the PSK 31 digital mode. I didn't think there was anybody still doing that. Um, SWL, SWLers, software, shortwave listeners, uh, please consider joining us once you have attained your amateur radio license. Uh, members send their call sign and their 070 club number. Non-members send their call sign and a 000. Zero zero in place of their zero seven zero club member number. So there you go, lots of zeros. And there are no state QSO party challenges uh, this coming uh, weekend. So let's look at what we got going on next weekend. Next weekend we got another CW contest. The IARU Region One Field Day is going on. It's running from fifteen hundred Zulu June six to fourteen twenty for uh, fourteen fifty nine Zulu on June seventh. The mode there, again, is CW, and it's running 160 through 10, no work. Uh, the darKSC I guess the, the, I don't know, German Amateur Radio Club or something like that, the DARK is uh, known to provide a, a well-accepted adjudicated process and ranking for international entries in the IARU Region 1 field days. There are certainly several other result listings available based on the specific national rules, but only the DARK listing supports the idea of an international field day competition, uh, example given, you can find some stations from Great Britain on our listing. What, whatever that means. I don't know. <laughs> your log helps us to improve the quality of our log checking. You will be rewarded with a detailed UBN report providing feedback for quality management in your field day team, as well as a high-quality online PDF certificate, which can be, re- be reproduced for every team member. Hit print. Anyway. Um, so check that contest out if you're into the C-dubs. And we do have one state that has a state Qso party challenge uh, next uh, next weekend, and that is Kentucky. So uh, you can continue your progress on the state CUSO party challenge with the Kentucky CUSO party.
1: And I recommend participating in the Kentucky CUSO party while drinking something that comes from there.
2: <laughs>
3: That's part of the exchange, right? Like which, uh, which Kentucky <laughs> bourbon you're drinking at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely think they should make that a thing.
3: It sounds uh, good to me.
1: All right. So we also have a couple of amateur radio special event stations coming up. Uh, the first one is the Mike the Headless Chicken Festival, which sounds awesome. The only thing is I just went to their site and they have postponed it.
0: Uh, <laughs> nice. I, I read up on all the history of Mike the Headless Chicken, and it's kind of fun
1: yeah well you can talk about mike the headless chicken if you want but um apparently there's a chicken with no head or something or was this is way back in the, the 40s. 40s yeah yeah, yeah. in Col- in colorado but <clears throat> anyway they were supposed to have a <coughs> sorry they were supposed to have a festival uh and uh special event station whiskey zero mike and uh that's that's kind of funny actually zero mike <laughs> um but it has been postponed. Uh, I will leave this in here, though, and I will put a link to the event and the history of Mike the Headless Chicken in the show notes so that you can check it out and find out when they reschedule it so you can participate whenever that is. Then also coming up, we have the AD Day Commemoration. This will be operating from June 3rd through June 10th, 1300 Zulu through 2200 Zulu Daily. The call sign for this is Whiskey to Whiskey. They'll be operating on or about uh, 14244, 14044, 7244, and 7044. And they'll also be operating 3.544 and 3.844 on 80 meters. And digital modes are also possible during the event. The Amateur Radio Club of the National Electronics Museum, nem, will operate W2W in commemoration of the anniversary of D-Day and the role of electronics in World War II. Primary operation will be June 6th through June 7th with additional operation possible during the other period mentioned, as operator availability permits. Frequencies will be plus or minus according to QRM. Certificates are available with a self-addressed stamped envelope, and details are available at www.2.us, and that, of course, will be in the show notes as well. And finally, we have Nuclear Submarine USS Nautilus SSN-571 commemoration. This will be operating two full days zero 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 zulu to 2359 zulu on june 6th and june 7th call sign will be november 1 sierra will be operating out of groton connecticut which is where the nautilus is they'll be operating on 387-725-1428 and 28.4 usl will be available usl card will be available and uh, details will be available on the n1s qrz page and the kilo three lima bravo bravo delta page and a link of course will be in the show notes so check that out if you want special events and i didn't check to see if those have been canceled or not so hopefully they're not but you know they are sorry (laughs) (laughs) we can only do so much so moving on we have an announcement and i saw that i was listening to What's what's the deal with playing like AR newsline and stuff on a repeater? Is that technically illegal. No. No. Okay, because it's of interest to the hobby or something. Yes. I find it annoying because i I have a uh, I have a repeater in my radio that's in Fairland, Kansas, that I can barely hear. And but that's what they play. They about. play it all the time, and it, my my radio always hangs up on it when I'm trying to get on local nets and stuff. But whatever.
3: Well, they try to keep it short, so I know it's like, I think they keep it down to like 15 minutes or so, split it in half for repeater timeouts and stuff like that, so it's not it's not too bad.
1: Yeah. Well, I just happened to notice the only reason I brought any of that up is because I was listening to it in the Airplane Air Newsline, and Neil Rapp already had this story, but so what? If you haven't listened to Air Newsline, you only listen to us, this is cool, but I got this in an email directly from John Amadeo, AA6JA, who is one of the producers of Last man standing, and he let us know that that show has been renewed for another season, and they're hoping that the first episode of that new season will air sometime in the January 2021 timeframe. So our favorite, I guess, uh, amateur radio television star will be on the air again mm-hmm. next year. So there you go. And I was just making stuff up as far as the Linux and Ham Shack Ham Radio Challenge for this fortnight, and I put. Wander outside and activate your backyard portable (laughs) or or try some satellite work using an easy to build inexpensive VHF and UHF equipment, you know, with a little polarized antenna or whatever. Just do some satellite work. I think I've done something similar along these lines, but it's basically just get outside, enjoy the nice weather, remain physically distant from your neighbors and get on the air. Simple as that. So moving on from there, we have this weekend in open source. And Bill is going to tell us about a Linux distribution that you might want to try.
3: Yeah, I saw this mentioned on some new site. (laughs) And then I I went uh, trying to dig it and find it myself. But this is called iRaspbian. And if you want to make your Raspberry Pi look like a Mac. Who doesn't like the eye candy of the Mac? Well, some people don't. Anyway, uh, even though their website looks like someone messed up the index page, because when you load the page, it comes up blank. There likely is an internet archive of the download files available, so you can flash your Raspberry Pi with uh, their uh, their yummy iRaspbian goodness. They also uh, the same uh, the 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 website is uh, Raspbian X, and that's already uh, a distro for rasp uh, the Raspberry Pis. Um, but they also have the iRaspbian now, which uh, comes uh, already kind of pre-configured to kind of look like a Mac, or if you're used to. Uh, Linux distributions would be like Pantheon distribution, or uh, like uh, or a Pantheon uh, desktop environment, or uh, Elementary OS. So, kind of gives you that that kind of look and feel with your dock at the bottom, and uh, yeah, no no top bar at all. I don't believe. So uh, yeah, check that out. It uh, has a, already has a little flash file for you. Just download it, flash it, and uh, away you go on your Raspberry Pi. So uh, check that out.
1: All right, and I did manage to dig up some virtual open source events. Now, some of these are about a month out, but I figure that just gives you more time to sign up for them and get ready for them to get here so you'll be well-prepared when they when they show up. These are all Linux Foundation events. There are other events coming up, and we'll touch on those in the next weekender, but this was an easy way to get some stuff that you might want to attend. The first one is OpenJS World, and this one's on June 23rd and 24th. And this is the Open JavaScript Foundation's annual event, bringing together JavaScript and web ecosystems, including Node.js, Electron, AMP, and more. Learn and engage with leaders, deploying innovative applications at massive scale. The link will be in the show notes. And then there's Cloud Foundry Summit North America. This is June 24th and 25th. Cloud Foundry Summit is built by and for the Cloud Foundry community, whether you're a contributor or committer building the platform or you're using Cloud Foundry to attain your business goals. Cloud Foundry Summit is where developers, operators, CIOs, and other IT professionals go to share best practices and innovate together. And then there's also the Virtual Linux Foundation Network Developer and Testing Forum. It'll take place on June 22nd through the 25th. And while we can't convene in the same physical location at this time, we'll use a combination of online tools to create a productive and interactive virtual meeting environment as the principal technical event for the LF Networking Projects. This biannual gathering provides the opportunity for each participating community to advance their project roadmaps and explore cross-community collaboration and integration points. And there's a lot more information about that, but a link to everything you need to know about it will be in the show notes. And they are accepting topic proposals through June 3rd, if you're that sort. Well, that's all I had. So, (laughs) uh, (coughs) well, (laughs) there are more. You can, you can look at like Red Hat and Linux Foundation and opensource.org and stuff like that. And they list quite a few events. So there's still stuff going on, even though it's all virtual at the moment. And for an open source challenge, I put in here, try a project that is built on a containerization model and learn something about Docker, Vagrant, or other technologies that provide a container deployment. So that's something to try, I guess. I guess, do we consider like snaps and things like that containerized? Probably
3: not. Those are just. Those are sort of containerized. They're like sandboxed.
1: Yeah, but they don't sandbox resources, right? They're just sandbox deployments, uh, sandbox installations. Yeah. So not quite the same thing, but, uh, you know, I guess if you install something via snap or app image, we'll we'll call it good. And in the meantime, while you're trying to figure out what snap to deploy, you might want to try making what Cheryl has got in here for her recipe corner.
0: It's a little time-consuming.
1: Well, then install lots of snaps.
0: <laughs> Snappy snaps. There, there you go. <laughs> All
1: right, so what do you got for us? Uh,
0: this week we're doing Bacon Jam. So Russ and I actually had this about four years ago now, three and a half years ago, at uh, Bass Pro in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, they They rehabbed a... Concert facility that's a big pyramid, and turned it into a Bass Pro. And up on the very top floor, uh, they've built a restaurant. So we wanted to go up and play on the observation deck up there, and decide to grab a snack while we we're at it. So we had pimento cheese and bacon jam served on crostini. So I decided to come home and replicate it, and I did. So um, it's it's great on hamburgers. It's great on crackers with some cheese. Or by itself, or straight out of the jar. So it's it's very sweet, though. So I will warn you about that. Um, but it's it's pretty simple to make. It has uh, bacon, onion, garlic cloves, brown sugar, maple syrup, balsamic vinegar, and some chili powder. Cook your bacon and use your bacon fat to fry your onion in. Drain that and then well cook your bacon or cook your onion until they're caramelized. Then add the bacon back in with the brown sugar, the maple, all that. Um, and you bring that to the summer and basically let it turn to jammy consistency and then stick it in the jar and throw it in the fridge. And when you're ready to eat it, pull it out for a little bit so it kind of comes up to room temperature and serve it on your cheese and crackers or on your burger, whatever you want to use it.
1: Yeah, the stuff was ridiculously good. And I'm not like trying to talk about that, that store that's, that's there in Memphis, but. If you ever go there,
0: it's a very, definitely it's a very cool inside. store. It, well, the store itself is cool, so but yeah, definitely it costs ten bucks to go up to the restaurant because they charge you because the observation deck is through the restaurant. So we thought, yeah, well we've already paid the ten bucks to get up here, might we'll as well eat while we're here. So and so we grabbed an appetizer and back yes, down we went. It was so, good.
1: It was good. Well well worth the extra dough to get up there. So. But she had a really good view of uh, Eastern Arkansas and the Mississippi River and Memphis and all
0: that. All that jazz. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so destination, I suppose. And so, with that, we'll move into my drink corner for tonight. I have my newest bottle of whiskey, which is Jack Daniels Single Barrel Barrel Proof. And despite the fact that it's kind of a mouthful, it is not your average Jack Daniels for sure. Jack ain't
3: got no friends.
0: <laughs> well, no, after drinking this, they're all going to be passed out on the floor.
3: So. <laughs> um,
1: according to Jack Daniels themselves on their website, it says it's whiskey as nature intended it, bottled straight from the barrel at its full proof, intense, smooth, and remarkably varied. Barrel proof is bottled at anywhere from 125 to 140 proof, taking Jack's tr- trademark vanilla and toasted oak flavors to bold new levels. Uh, Even though it's not labeled a bourbon, it meets the criteria for a bourbon. Uh, After distillation, it goes through the Lincoln County process, so-called, dripping for six days in 10-foot vats through charcoal filters made of charred maple wood. Aging is in the upper levels of the rickhouses on this particular barrel strength for four to seven years. And this is Jack Daniel's first barrel strength product offered to the public. So, what about it? Well. Like the little blurb said, it could be a bourbon, but it's not. They call it a Tennessee whiskey. Mash bill on it is 80% corn, 12% rye, and 8% malted barley. The barrel info on the particular bottle that I have, since it's a single barrel, these are all dumped from a single barrel, so they identify the barrels. It came from Rick R10. The barrel number is 20-00423, and it was either dumped or bottled, or perhaps both, on January 24th of 2020. This particular bottle is bottled at 64.95%, and that is 129.9 proof, so it's sort of up there, <laughs> uh, but they say it's bottled up, up to 140, so this is kind of uh, sort of at the lower All end right. of that well, spectrum.
0: it's kind of in the middle.
1: Uh, it comes from Jack Nails, of course, and they're out of Lynchburg, Tennessee. The color on it is a nice, beautiful, deep amber. Um, they actually sell this in um boxes so you can't see the color unless they pull it out of the box and put it on the shelf uh, which is kind of disappointing actually because it's got one of the most the darkest deepest reddish brown amber color of any whiskey or of most of the whiskeys that i've tried so color alone is really incredible uh the nose on it is rather nice too uh, it's mostly banana and vanilla, a little bit of green apple, and I also got sandalwood and tobacco, probably because of the uh, hot aging. But let me uh, taste it here since I've already given the nose. I'm not gonna, I can try pulling the cork on it again. Hopefully, it won't like, slam the, uh, <laughs> slam the <laughs> microphone like <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Yeah. I already poured it. I just wanted to pop the cork. <laughs> All right. So the taste on it, oh, it's like... The banana in this, to me, is so strong. Have you have ever had banana Laffy Taffy?
0: That's exactly what it is.
1: It, it, it's just so banana. So once you get past the banana, there is actually some other stuff in here. Um, there's a little bit of caramel and chocolate. Tobacco is definitely in there. You get barrel spice, a burnt maple sugar. And I think that comes from the char and the filtration through the maple wood. Um, and you also get a very oily mouth coating general sweetness that kind of that fades into the finish and that vanilla sort of holds on to the banana and the barrel spice that that gives you that sort of not quite aged as long as some other bourbons or Tennessee whiskeys Um, but it definitely doesn't feel young and it's it's a full experience you know top to bottom so and uh this is actually better today than it was when we first opened it so i'm really really digging this and this is really good for me because when it comes to like you know old number seven the black label bottle that you pull off the shelf can't stand that stuff (laughs) (laughs) um but this this is really really good and it seems to be getting better the more i have of it so and i don't mean today I mean, in general, right. <laughs> it's like, not like I'm getting wasted and it's tasting better. No, it's actually getting better uh, the more I drink of it. So yeah, lots of...
0: Picked it up on Friday, right? Uh,
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to try something interesting uh, from a name that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be something interesting, you definitely might want to give this a try. It's a little on the expensive side. Most places have it in the 60 to $65 ranges. We know of at least one place that was 70 so
0: I thought it was seventy five because with tax it came out to eighty. It was, was
1: seventy one ninety nine. Yeah, I gotcha, gotcha, like okay. So it's not cheap, but I think it's absolutely worth the sixty five dollars that we paid for it. So uh, I am going to give it a ninety three. Wow! Yeah, yeah, it's really that good. And from a company that puts out something that's really not good, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is really good. So definitely give the jack daniels single barrel barrel proof a try it is well worth it and bill is going to tell us about uh farts and beer
3: farts and well oh farts, farts and whiskey sorry farts and parts and whiskey. Whiskey. yeah 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 <laughs> well you know, see we're recording this on uh, memorial day and i didn't really feel like bringing out the old barbecue i decided to uh make barbecue in a crock pot and not just normal barbecue i made cowboy beans and uh this is kind of a a cool little uh, recipe i, I kind of threw together what i threw in mine and it was it tastes really good <laughs> <laughs> so, so i figured i'd share it um uh, basically there's a bag of pintos a bag of uh, kidney beans the smaller bags not the huge monster bag but like a you know small i don't know like one, one
0: pound bags
3: yeah like one pound bag so yeah you know, i got a pretty big crock pot so i mean it, it it does most of the crock pot with the beans uh about a pound of bacon two white onions About a pound and a half of ham chunked up. Uh, We just had a spiral ham the other day. So we chunked up the the back end that's not spiraled and used that for like the big chunks of ham. You can also put hot dogs in it. When I pulled my hot dogs out, they looked bad. So I I didn't put the hot dogs in it. But (laughs) hot dogs are a really good addition to this as well. Um, uh, Container of beef stock. So, like, you know, one of those little, you know, it's like what, four cups in that thing or something like that?
0: One of the cartons.
3: Yeah, the cartons. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's like 20. 20-something yeah. ounces. 20-something
3: ounces. So, 20 some ounce. so whatever. Yeah, it's like four cups, something like that. Um, so ketchup, about half a cup, plus or minus barbecue sauce. You're, use your favorite barbecue sauce. If it's a barbecue sauce you like, use that about three quarters a cup, plus or minus. I threw in some Worcestershire sauce just to kind of – because I didn't have any like liquid smoke. If you have liquid smoke, you might want just a little bit of that in there. That that kind of gives it that nice smoky barbecue taste. Um, and anything else you want in it for seasoning? I added uh, some sweet hot jalapenos that I have, um, and I added some of the brine in there—about a half cup of that stuff. Kind of gives it a nice little, nice little kick in the, kick in the drawers there. Um, so I did the, uh, I prepped the beans overnight. You know, soak them overnight, and they, you know, blow up and get a little softer. I cooked the bacon to a little bit less than crispy. Pulled the bacon out, and then sauteed the onions and the bacon then threw everything in the crock pot, set it on high for four to six hours until the beans are nice and tender and yummy and um, didn't need any more seasoning afterwards. So this seemed to have worked. And uh, yeah, it was it was really good. <laughs> I'm going to be paying for it later. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously, you know, there's, there's some sugar in there and stuff like that, but I mean, you know, it's a lot of fiber and a, and a lot of uh, protein there. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. (laughs) Definitely will fill your, fill your stomach up. And uh, yeah, if you like, you like barbecue sauce and that kind of flavory stuff, that that's really good. Uh, it could also be served as a side dish if you wanted to do that then i would probably cut this this down i mean ours is you could serve an army with it um <laughs> the way it came out <laughs> so we'll, we'll have it for a while uh, it's kind of like an alternative to making chili or something like that this is a this is a good good alternative to uh making a pot of chili for the week and then i also have some larceny here i'm trying to get rid of Woo! um <laughs> I, I didn't recommend it I, like I said, yeah you I, recommended no, the larceny no, barrel proof uh, well you told me to find that one right yeah the barrel proof <laughs> yeah Yeah, well, we didn't have that in the store, and so I picked up a bottle of regular larceny. Um, And uh, it's a bit harsh, I think. It's just not a really good flavor. I was kind of expecting like a Weller's type flavor. Um, Yeah, nothing like Weller's.
0: Yeah, you're spoiled.
3: Uh, Yeah, Weller's is the bomb. I mean, that would be like (laughs) my rating would be like, you know, 98.9 or something like that. It's just, (laughs) it's so good (laughs) by itself. Doesn't need anything. Don't mess with it. It's just delicious. Larceny on the other hand is only good when you throw ice in it. <laughs> so it needs some water basically just to kind of cut some of that that weird harshness taste. I, I don't know what where that comes from. I it might just be my palate just doesn't like it. But um yeah, it's just ah, you know. It's fine with ice. It's not even that great when you mix it with something. I tried to even mix it with Coke or something like that, and it just it doesn't stick out enough in the Coke to make it great. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I it's just I don't know.
1: Yeah. I, I like yeah. it as a mixer, but I don't use Coke because Coke, Coke is pretty overpowering. I use uh, like a Diet Pepsi or a Pepsi Max. Well, that's Max. I, that
3: Diet Coke. That's what we use here.
1: Even just Diet, though. I mean, Pepsi Max has a milder flavor to me than Coke. Coke is like sharper and more acidic, and tends to
3: overpower anything you put in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. So. Diet drink. Yeah. Diet Coke. It, I mean, yeah, just it wasn't that great. I mean, Well, it's okay.
1: You won't have to, you'll suffer through it and then you'll never buy it again.
3: (laughs) Yeah, actually, the last of it is in my cup right now. So I'm, I'm powered, I powered through it so I can get rid of it. So it's out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) I must be on the search for some more Weller. I need a bottle for my office too because I'm almost out of it at the office. (laughs)
1: Oh, no. (laughs) All right. Very good. So lots of different things to try over the next couple of weeks if you're so inclined lots of different food options, whiskey options. Uh, Although I guess uh, you'll have to make up your own mind on the larceny and uh, you can go back to my larceny review, which is an episode, something, 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 just search for it on the website. You'll find it. Um, I like it more than bill does, but you know, it's whatever we all have (laughs) our tastes. So, and with that, we have come down to the end of the show. We want to thank all the folks who were here listening to us live tonight. We appreciate them. And we appreciate everybody who supports the show and who listens and who makes all of this possible. Uh, But live tonight, we have Dave KD9EBR, Don KC9ZMY, Ted WA0EIR, Dan KF5TQN, Tony KM4HSD, and Jonas Rulo. So thanks, everybody, for being here. We hope you have a wonderful two weeks, and we'll catch you up on the next weekender when that happens. And, of course, there will be a couple of regular episodes in between. Have a good time, everybody. Stay safe out there. This has been episode number three hundred and forty-eight of Linux in the Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Charles, W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill, NE4RD seventy-three.
2: For listening to this episode of Linux in the Ham LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page In the Hamshack logo, I released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.